Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EVN Disrupt podcast. My name is Nishtat Saturyan. I'm the editor of the creative tech section here at EVN Report. Our guest this week is Sakis Garapetian, the interim CEO of the Union of Advanced Technology Enterprises. He joined us to discuss the tech community's role in building a prosperous and secure future for Armenia. This conversation comes just a few weeks after the ethnic cleansing of more than 100,000 Armenians from their native Artsakh after the most recent Azerbaijani offensive. We spoke about Sakis's vision for UAT and the role it needs to play in talent building, fostering connections in the industry, and advocating for a regulatory framework under which companies in Armenia can solve hard tech problems. We also spoke about Digitech 2023's reboot, which will take place next week from October 13th to 15th, and its emphasis on building for the local market. Lastly, Sakis updated us on the innovation center that UAT launched in Ijevan earlier this year, and plans for building similar innovation centers across the country. Thank you for listening. Sarkis, welcome back to EVN Disrupt. I think you're our second guest to come back. Thanks, uh, Nishtayatian. Um, I changed my head. This right. is the reason I agreed. And, and thank you for inviting me of course. a second time. You're the new acting uh, head of UAT, the Union of Advanced Technology Enterprises in Armenia. We've spoken a lot about UAT on the show before. We've had Mr. Chobanyan on. Tell us what you're bringing that's new to UAT. What's your vision for UAT's role in developing Armenia's tech sector? I, I think the answer will be a little bit long because uh, I want to first share where I'm coming from. Um, so I'm a tech entrepreneur, uh, as you know, uh, and have the experience of doing outsource as well as uh, hardware product design and export from Armenia uh, and have seen all the challenges of running a tech business, especially hardware technology business in Armenia. I got a lot from the community and uh, now decided to give it back. So I'm here to serve the community because UAT is one of the biggest problem solvers in the community. Uh, last 20 years, uh, UAT have done a lot, uh, and all the leaders of UAT and the board and the members are committed to the mission of uh, making Armenia better place, let's put it that way, better place for tech companies. And the vision is to bring Armenia to top 20 countries uh, that uh, produces cutting-edge technology. Um, Where do we ma- rank now? It depends. Uh, we we de- right now we are debating on how we define that, and uh, the best way we are thinking of doing that. There are a couple of uh, international well-known uh, ranks. Uh, maybe we'll do an average from all all ranks. So we want to focus on more cutting edge, more solving hard problems. Uh, versus um, targeting nowhere, doing everything. But that's debatable. That's uh, what we are doing now. Uh, So you asked my vision. What is my vision? My vision is that we have a clear, defined strategy for next three to five years for UATE. And we do that inclusively with the community, with the uh, executive team and the board together. And uh, we follow the strategy and we deliver on the promises. So that's my vision of uh, UAT. So UAT is really an ecosystem player, right? Like you guys are actively involved in creating the environment that is favorable for 
the goals that you laid out to be met, um, building companies that are solving really hard problems, building deep tech companies. What are some of the key things you you see as gaps within the ecosystem that need to be addressed in order to get there in the three to five year time frame that you laid out? Of course, uh, if you look at what UAT is doing, uh, 70, 80% of our resources being that financial or human resources are invested in uh, talent development and education. So that's one big, big problem and the gap. So, uh, you know, we do Armat Labs. Uh, we have 650 labs uh, around Armenia. Unfortunately, we lost 40 recently, but we continue. And the goal is to cover all schools in Armenia. And we teach uh, robotics, basics of uh, software programming, 3D modeling, CNC machine, and 3D printing. There are a lot of projects uh, where and uh, institutions where you can learn software programming, but very few where you can get to know like wider areas of engineering. That's why we are investing in Armand, because we we see that in next ten years, twenty years, Armenia should be. Um, should focus more on cutting edge deep tech. Steve Jobs used to uh, use Alan Kai's uh, quote, which says, uh, if you're serious about software, you should build your own hardware. Mm-hmm. So uh, the winners are those who, who design both and optimize both. Mm-hmm. Most of your efforts, as you mentioned, are aimed at the education level, specifically in pre-university, Armat Labs operate within the schools of Armenia. Do you envision UAT's mission expanding beyond education to things like regulatory stuff or working with oh, government? Of course, yeah. of course. Uh, we uh, we have uh, three main directions. One is education, another uh, events. You know, we do Digitech October 13 to 15 every year. This year, Digitech is 18 years old. It's an adult. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Chapahas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we did WCIT back in 2019, and we are bringing WCIT again to Armenia next year. And we do a lot of small events, like uh, on, on specific topics, networking events, and so on. With the events, uh, we pursue uh, three goals. One is gather the community, map the problems, create connections, partnerships, and so on. Second, educate a broader audience, the uh, people outside of tech bubble, government officials, other business sectors, educate about the trends of technology and how they can leverage technology to make their life easier and more efficient. And third is showing Armenian tech uh, in the map of uh, international market. And whoever knows uh, Armenian tech show the progress of the Armenian ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So those are three goals we are pursuing uh, with the events. And the third part of uh, our main um, activities is lobbying and policy making. Uh, UAT has been part of or initiator of more than 40 low uh, law and policy projects 
like startup law, you know, and many like like that. And now we are actively involved in all committees, discussions, and uh, have good impact on what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So we're recording this on October fifth. It's just a a few weeks since the most recent Azerbaijani attack on Artsakh, which led to the full ethnic cleansing of Artsakh. I know UAT had initiatives within Artsakh as well. Can you just tell us what those were and what we've lost? We lost around 40 Armat labs with two phases. First during the war in 2020, 2020. and second now. We uh, now uh, created quick response team uh, to help uh, Armat coaches and kids to provide humanitarian help and also to see if we can uh, give them jobs. We have uh, around 30 uh, labs where we we are looking for coaches right now in the regions of Armenia. So we offer coaches to relocate there and we help them with all the necessary stuff to relocate there and have a job right Mm -hmm. away. Oftentimes when speaking about Armenia's future generally, but also when it comes to security issues and things like that, there's often a lot of hope and promise put into the tech community and the tech sector because it's one of Armenia's biggest potential, let's say, um, for, for something that can contribute positively to the future of the country. It's often spoken about extremely generally and without much clarity or detail into how that would actually materialize into solving the country's biggest issues. So UAT is in many ways represents the community, mm-hmm. is a leader of the community. How do you guys think about what the response to an event like this, which is one of the worst things that we had ever feared would happen to Armenia's modern republic's history? Like, How do you even start to think about something like that? Let's um, understand that UAT is a union with more than 120 companies people of different uh, political views, different philosophies of life, different types of businesses. Like you can't compare an outsourcing 10-member team CEO with uh, CEO of international organization in Armenia, like international branch in Armenia, right? So uh, in that terms, we are trying to focus on problems that where we have consensus uh, and sometimes we don't get to consensus with all the all the members or board members. But security is something uh, that people are worried and it relates to all. Though uh, we might not have consensus on ways of doing how, how we react to that, but there is a consensus that we should react and we should act. <laughs> And uh, different uh, members are doing different projects and we are trying to unite like-minded people together onto different directions. But let's not forget that UAT is an institution that is working more on strategic things. So we should demand uh, from the organizations like uh, emergency ministry or uh, social services services ministry to act on short-term things and we we continue focusing on strategic and long-term things uh, I, I'm not uh, saying that we we don't do anything we, we, or we don't want to do it anything For the but, short-term. but mm-hmm. like uh, doing some humanitarian help is uh, 
like you should shut up and do it right. just do it right there is no need to talk about that like but uh, what we we uh, we want to do to avoid these kind of situations is that a comprehensive defense system UAT sponsored Rachar Zumanian. He did uh, very great and uh, deep research and uh, published a book called Horizons, which describes how successful uh, this comprehensive defense system is implemented in Finland, in uh, Swiss, in Israel, and, and other countries. And the main idea is how small countries can. Uh, defend themselves uh, against uh, big economies and uh, militaries like we have, like Turkey and Azerbaijan uh, in the region. Um, and now uh, there is a center uh, that works on, like, there are two processes from bottom up and top down. Now, Rajar Zumanian and Vagan uh, Pogosian. Uh, the CEO of Instigate, who used to be on the board of UAT. They are working on Security Council now. They are hired by Security Council. As advisors? As advisors to um, create a strategy and vision on like governmental level, how we implement that, how we go that way. Mm-hmm. And from bottom up, tech communities are sponsoring and p- participating in trainings right now uh, starting from October 2 there is a training going on where tech mostly tech people are participating so 10 days trainings and then 15 days using those trainings what are they being trained on Uh, they get basic military training and then there is a chance to get trainings on drone operator, cybersecurity, whatever. And the goal is to work with, uh, it's uh, in in partnership with uh, MOD. Mm -hmm. The goal is, uh, if this pilot goes well, the goal is that uh, we work with MOD, the HR people become the organizers of uh, this training within the companies. Mm. So HRs will plan who, when, uh, and for which uh, period is going to have these trainings. Mm-hmm. And the goal is that we have all IT people get, getting these trainings at, at least once mm-hmm. and then continue regularly. Right. It's interesting that it's coordinated within the company. It shows that there's buy-in from the members of the of UIT, of the companies, to see the importance of it. Let's shift gears a little bit. We can talk about that for a long time, and I hope we'll maybe one day do an episode just on defense tech with one of your members. But uh, let's talk about Digitech. Digitech is your annual conference that UAT puts on every year. This is the second one that's taking place because earlier in March, the 2022 version happened after it was postponed because of the September attacks of last year. You guys are marketing this year's Digitech as a reboot. Why is it being rebooted? Why did it need to be rebooted? Every good thing, however good it be, comes to the point that the environment changes and the community changes and you need to adapt. Um, So when Digitech was born in 2005, uh, the community was very small, the problems were very different. And then um, during these years, many things changed. 
community grow, problems grow. When I joined UAT team, it was right before the last Digitech, and I had chance to observe and, and see what are the areas we could improve, talk to the community, talking to the exhibitors, to the visitors, and understand uh, how do, do they like and what they don't like. And this time uh, we applied some changes. First is uh, we have a registration, so no one can enter without registration. So I highly encourage everybody to get online registration. And then we focused more this time on local middle layer management and professionals. So instead of having a big summit and conference with uh, well-known names. This time we'll do small auditoriums and we'll have a lot of uh, specific topics, the uh, discussions on different uh, fields of tech and then running tech business and so on. Uh, we put high stress on startups. We are uh, subsidizing uh, around 30 startups high-tech ministry is subsidizing around 10 startups or more. So you mean subsidizing their presence at Digitech? Uh, like yeah, so like this time we'll have uh, over 50 startups. That's great. Like, I mean, uh, new startups. Of course, we have like uh, Series A, B startups like Crisp, 10Web, and so on, but we also have a lot of new new things. So uh, Ones that we haven't necessarily yeah, heard of. Let's... Uh, uh, come and see what are the next crisps and ten nice. webs uh, who, who is coming yeah. up next uh, we have a elevator like real elevator within the expo where we'll have investors real investors active investors within the elevators and uh, i highly encourage startup founders even though even if you don't have a booth in in digitech you are more than welcomed to come as a visitor and deliver your one-minute pitch to investors nice within idea. the elevator. Yeah. So sharpen your pitches, founders. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is to show that tech is everywhere and uh, we are inviting uh, ministries uh, to create this discussion, like uh, private-public discussions, uh, partnership discussions. And also uh, we have been receiving a lot of uh, requests from different uh, governmental organizations that they want to work with high tech uh, with tech companies in armenia but there are some challenges either they don't apply or do not comply or this is so the high tech ministry that's making that uh, no not only high tech ministry so ministries in general uh, so we have a goal to uh, start discussions around these topics mm -hmm. uh, within digitech and also we have uh, we put on stress on research institutions and educational institutions who are now actively transforming into providing more stem education and opening up new uh, fields for uh, new tech uh, educational programs uh, and so on it will be full of research in institutions and educational institutions mm -hmm. that are focused on tech. One of the things that excited me about one of the focuses that you guys are putting on is showing that tech is not limited to like just a, a very like specific product that is considered to be very technical, but rather tech is something that impacts 
every sector, every industry in the mm-hmm. country. And the idea to sort of help the local economy become more productive through mm. technical solutions that our industry can provide them. Tell us a little bit about how those sort of meetings of the minds are take place at Digitech. How do you guys encourage yeah. that? Well, uh, we, as I mentioned, I'm coming from the community and I know most of the community very well. So we are going after them. We are picking like, hey, we know you're building something interesting. <laughs> Let's yeah. showcase this. And the reason we do this is, as I mentioned, we want to show the world that uh, Armenian tech is growing despite everything that is happening in our country. And uh, we need to, we want to show that uh, uh, we are getting used to uh, act uh, and perform in different directions parallelly. We are in humanitarian crisis now, but uh, the industry is a reliable partner. This time, first time, we invited international media. We'll have reporters from Forbes, Benzinga, Independent, and make use of it, confirmed. Fantastic. This is uh, the first time Digitech will be covered by this media. Mm You'll see, uh, shifted a little bit away from the question, but coming back, uh, you'll see agricultural drones like acting right on front of the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see uh, laser wars, <laughs> like uh, we need to train, and and uh, technology has to do there as a lot as well. Um, you'll see gumbet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in front of the building, uh, you know, now it's a mainstream topic. Digitech is financing one uh, uh, gambit, and we encourage everybody to donate to this project. Uh, you'll see uh, talks uh, in the conferences like why your, your next business should be in med tech mm. or health tech. Uh, and and many many different areas like uh, Web three. Uh, we have presence of Web three. We have presence of um, uh, AI companies. Um, so yeah. tech is everywhere. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge because you have to in, in some ways incentivize both sides. Because for building for the local market, tech companies, because tech by its very nature is a very global market. Often people will try to go for a smaller piece of the pie that rewards more in the global market than to build for the local one. It's just a monetary incentive. And then traditional businesses are not necessarily used to adopting high-tech solutions. They think it might be too complicated. They don't have the expertise. Like, for instance, in, in countries like in Canada, the government heavily subsidizes the implementation of ERP systems, enterprise resource planning systems, up to the tune of like hundreds of thousands of dollars for each company. And it's really surprising when you hear it at first because you think, why does the government want to buy account like expensive, fancy accounting packages for companies? But the productivity increase by implementing one is so high that the cost outweighs the economic increase that the country mm-hmm. sees. So do you see the need for almost sort of like a third party, typically the government, to come in and incentivize these two parties to work together? Short answer, yes. Long answer, uh, problems are uh, in many different shapes and layers. I have the experience of working in local market. 
so tech businesses are competing globally and they grow really fast and change really fast and they adopt the culture the business culture mainly western culture but local businesses aren't so that's the main challenge uh, of two working together because they don't understand they don't talk talk the same language right and then uh, the, another layer are, are working with the government. Uh, government has no capacity and experts to write technical requirements to define the problems. So usually problems are there. And our uh, procurement process uh, is that just uh, you have to pick the one that is uh, cheaper that's a huge problem quality problem another problem is that we don't have standards hmm. and sometimes international standards are not effective or do not work well in our circumstances so i think we need to go after creating our own standards or adopting international standards or customizing them so we don't need to invent the wheel mm -hmm. but uh, we need to customize it, uh, for example, security issues, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, information security, like uh, you can't keep the government data in the cloud somewhere. You don't know, you don't own that cloud or mm -hmm. you don't know where is it stored. And uh, starting from that to uh, cyber attacks from Azerbaijanis and so on, so uh, we need to adopt the standards uh, to solve our problems. Yeah. Coming back to something you said earlier, um, international media will be covering Digitech uh, for the first time. You guys also have made a point to try to bring in countries within Armenia's region, um, our neighboring countries, uh, to participate in Digitech. Speak a little bit about that, please. Oh, actually, Digitech has been making progress with that every year. It becomes more international. Uh, this time, we also had a planned presence uh, from Iran. Unfortunately, uh, recent situation with Artsakh, I think, didn't work on our uh, favor. Yeah, so they they canceled their presence. But last time, we had from Georgia and from Iran as well. We have representative of uh, Russian relocated companies here, uh, mostly international companies that had branches in Russia. This time is more more local. More local focus. Yeah. yeah. The last thing I am curious to learn more about is when Mr. Chobanyan was on the podcast. Uh, you guys were just launching the innovation center in Ijevan, mm. and now it's been around for four or five months. Was that right? Or? Actually, de facto, it's acting uh, already second year. Okay. Uh, second year is in progress, okay. one year. But we did the official Opening. launch three, yeah. three months ago. Three months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just tell us a little bit about how that's going and what you've learned so far from, from launching it? Oh, yeah, uh, that's my favorite. Because we do our mats uh, and kids go to our mats from 10 to 15 to 18. And then they need to come to Yerevan. So to stop that, uh, we are creating innovation centers and Yerevan uh, is first success, I would say, uh, where in one building we have a franchise of real school, mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, like uh, if you know real school from uh, it's a vocational educational uh, curricula built uh, um, UAT uh, has been a co-founder or like Wagen Borosian uh, is uh, the CEO and founder he has been on the board of UAT when it all started uh, it's the continuation of our labs but mm-hmm. it's a different uh, separate uh, uh, organization we are franchising uh, the methodology and um, quality from uh, a real school Yerevan this is the first real school outside of Yerevan no there are uh, five or six real schools I'm, I'm I'm also on the board of real school but those are not innovation hubs like we have in Yerevan so uh, first uh, real school uh, is uh, uh, operating in Yerevan in uh, in the building of Instigate, uh, and the idea is that you have the vocational educational so within the building where you have companies operating companies there, and from the second grade they go to uh, to be interns in the company. So that's the main idea. Second year they go, and uh, that's shown to be a very effective way of. Uh, getting kids to become professionals. Hmm. And uh, so in Ijevan, uh, we uh, launched the school uh, a year ago. Now we have already two courses Mm -hmm. and the hub is not uh, fully uh, built yet, but Mm -hmm. the school is operating already. And now we are working with companies uh, will be opening branches in the hub what kind of companies uh, tech companies there there are tech companies Ijevan in Ijevan operating in Ijevan already and now we are encouraging our members to open branches in Ijevan because we will supply the talent right um, it's a pipeline but but this is very interesting case i'm also in the steering committee of this project this project is uh, sponsored by eu and Ijevan municipality is one of the implementers of the grant together with UAT and COVO, and I see how the municipality is changing, because mm. our uh, our team is kind of educating or training uh, municipality workers to use technologies uh, to be part of the uh, this movement and so on, and and I think it's successful, and also it brings a lot of uh, uh, impact let's say uh, there is an incubation program within the hub uh, and uh, people are uh, participating from different villages around around the city and we were discussing that there is no transportation hmm. uh, like late transport uh, from uh, I think 5 p.m. or something transport stops and people are not able to come for the uh, lectures or mm-hmm. trainings and we were discussing this with the municipality and they were like, well, there never has been a demand to have a bus uh, on like 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. because no one, people have, have nothing to do in Ijevan after 5 p.m. That's yeah. why we don't have. But now if you have a reason, let us know who is coming and we'll organize that. Yeah. So so you see where, where this is going, right? Yeah, the culture changes with yeah. the, the emperor. Is there plans to create innovation centers in other regions and other cities? There is a goal to create 45 of these kind of centers. 45? Wow. Yeah, and uh, each of them costs us a million dollars. Okay. 
but it becomes uh, almost uh, uh, sustainable. Okay. So the school covers its cost by doing projects for the companies. Hmm. It's all project-based learning, and projects are coming from the companies. So the companies that operate so we need, with them. We need to invest million dollars uh, first four years, and then it becomes sustainable, self-sustainable. Hmm. But uh, right now we are in the middle of planning, so that's the goal. But you know, forty-five million dollars is not, not, not easy to raise, and it's not easy to spend sure. <laughs> meaningfully. <laughs> right, meaningfully. <laughs> it's an important caveat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, once we have the plans, uh, I think in December we are going to have a summit for UAT members, and we'll announce publicly our plans. Fantastic. I look forward to that. Um, that's a topic that's very uh, close to my heart because I, I spent a lot of time living outside of Yerevan as well. And uh, I've told the story on the podcast before, but when I was teaching Python in Kapan, one of my students very bluntly came up to me and said, like, why did you come here to teach us Python? What are we supposed to do with it? Um, and it's a, great, it's a great question because there's not much you can do with Python in Kapan. Creating like a full ecosystem that um, creates a pipeline of talent to certain companies is important. Otherwise, those efforts are probably, at least in some part, wasted. I mean, I don't want to say that education or knowledge is ever wasted, but if they don't actually have a way to apply it, then um, then it, to some extent it doesn't get fully utilized to what it can be. So, so we don't want uh, kids to learn web programming and do outsourcing from their villages, though that's a case for some, uh, but we don't encourage that because it's encouraged a lot. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, even that, like, <laughs> but I hear so, you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we encourage kids to explore their region, their village, find problems, and use their creativity and the tools we provided them to solve those problems. Mm-hmm. Let's say create an automatic uh, lighting system for their village so they don't spend more electricity on that. Um, or uh, automatic gates or automatic I- irrigation systems. There, there are some success cases that mm-hmm. Armat kids or uh, coaches created this kind of system together with the kids and solved the problems in their in, in their area. Yeah, it's also why the work of the Armats of the world and Tumo uh, as well in the regions is not just in the regions anywhere is so important because when you when you're teaching that stuff to kids or people who haven't yet graduated school or aren't adults and need to like provide for their family, they're not yet thinking about what do I need to learn right now to make money tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, literally tomorrow. Do you still have time to sort of incubate that interest and the desire within them so that maybe by the time they graduate, they can either implement something themselves, start something themselves that is self-sufficient, or hopefully by the time they graduate, the UATs of the world have created the environment in which they can work uh, in their in their regions without having to move to Yerevan or outside of Armenia. Sakis, thank you so much for uh, the work you and UAT are doing. These are not easy times for, for Armenia, but it makes me happy that people like you are continuing your work and creating a better tomorrow for Armenia. Thank you. Thank you, Nizdeh Can. We really appreciate the work you do telling the story of Armenian tech to the world. I think uh, we need uh, a lot of Nezdes <laughs> to come to Armenia and do whatever they do best. Now, uh, more than ever, we need smart and bright people like you to relocate to Armenia. I hope better people will come. Thank you, Sakisan. <laughs>